Welcome to another episode in Season 2 of Two for Podcasting, your hard-hitting hockey show dealing with everything from the NHL to all things college hockey and back around the world juniors. I'm your host, Bobby, and along with my co-host, Jack, we're here to bring you the important news and keep you up to date on all things happening in the hockey world. So sit back and enjoy this next episode of Season 2 of Two for Podcasting. What's up? Nothing much. Just studying for the bar. Um, you know, being unkempt, I probably need to get my hair cut three weeks ago, but I've been hiding and, you know, just locked away studying. So it's my mm-hmm. life. Uh, yeah. So uh, honestly, nothing new on my end. My life is pretty boring. I just <laughs> drink a lot of coffee. Same. I have like one massive meal a day. And that's that. Mm-hmm. Work out when I can, but usually don't. Yeah, I haven't worked out in forever, so... But you, you've been playing men's league at least. I don't really count that as working out, but yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, well, welcome to another episode of uh, Two for Podcasting. I'm your host, Bobby, along with co-host Jack. Uh, what up, what up? There hasn't been, I feel like, a whole lot of news, which is kind of typical for July, right? Yeah. Um, it's just kind of the summer doldrum. So, um, obviously, most episodes, we just do a lot of reactions to what's going on. Um, but since we're in kind of like a weird spot before we do our, um, like we're too far out, I think to start our conference previews for the NCAA and, uh, division previews for the NHL yet. Um, yeah, way too far out. We're way too far out for that. And, but there's you know really not a whole lot to talk about. So we're probably going to do like a lot of discussion topics, uh, this episode. Um, so I've come up with a couple of discussion, uh, ideas, uh, do you have any that you want to jump out with to start, Jack, or uh, anything? Or do you not, want... not really. Let's just stick. Let's just stick with yours for now, and then we can kind of go off those. Okay. Um. So I, I one thing that I like doing um is reflecting on the past NHL season because I feel like a lot of things happen during the NHL season where there'll be like a trade or there'll be like a signing the previous offseason. We'll be like, is this good? And we'll be like, well, it's too early to tell, right? Mm-hmm. Well, now it's late enough to tell, right? Uh, For some things, right? For some things, Um, typically things that happened years and years and years ago. Still, for like a lot of things that happened this past season, it's still way too early to tell if there's a winner or loser of a trade. um, If something was a good or a bad signing, Um, you know, a lot of those variables are still in the air. So, Mm -hmm. um, with PK Subban getting traded to the Devils, as we 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 hit on this a little bit last week or last episode, um. Obviously, the P.K. Subban era in Nashville is to a close. Um, does this put a bookmark end on the Subban-Weber trade, and do you think it's now a time where you could evaluate who the winners and the losers of that trade are? Or do you think Weber's still yeah, in Montreal I mean, I think, and that chapter is still continuing? I think you could still... Uh, I think you could make an evaluation of it. Um, you know... I think that – are you asking me who I think won it or – Yeah, who do you think won the trade? Who uh... – I mean I think I think at the end of the day Nashville won the trade because you got to a cup final, um, you know, which is more than you can say for Montreal. 
I personally, and I'll die on this hill, still think that PK is probably one of the more overrated players in the league. But if you're looking at it from a mere trade standpoint, um, yeah, I mean, it's Nashville far and away. I th- I mean, Nashville, did have, but prior to P.K. Subban, they had never won anything. There were no banners hanging in the rafters other than just a seventh man or seventh fan or whatever the hell they have, um, which I was I don't know how you feel about those banners. I always feel like they're kind of dumb. It depends on how you do it. If you do it like a championship banner, then, yeah, it's dumb. But if you do it like amongst sponsorship banners or whatever, then I think it's different. But I don't think it should be like a championship banner type deal. Those things have just always irked me the wrong way. I don't know. As a fan, I'm like, I, I don't need like something telling me I'm special. Like, And I've always mm-hmm. had things like the get loud on like a, a Jumbotron or whatnot. Like if it's a big moment, I'm going to get loud. You don't, don't tell me when to get loud. I find that especially mm-hmm. annoying at baseball games when they drag on forever. And it's like, oh, wow, it's going to – the count. it's a full count in the top of the third – with one out, yeah, and your team's up five nothing. Oh, we're gonna get up and like clap your hands and go wild. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Um. How about um, with him retiring, the trade of Roberto Luongo back from 2014, Roberto Luongo from the Vancouver Canucks to the Florida Panthers. Who did now, who did the Canucks, uh, or who did Florida give up? Florida gave up goalie. Jacob or Jakob Markstrom. I always, you know, it, it, uh-huh. with those, I always don't know how they want me to pronounce those names. Uh-huh. Um, and Sean Matias. Now, I think that one's kind of a wash because neither it didn't make any team better. Florida thought it would probably make them better, and did, I mean, did it really? Florida both. I did mean, make the playoffs once with him. Yeah, you could say that because Vancouver is kind of slowly or quickly fallen into oblivion that it doesn't really matter that Florida is ob- the obvious trade winner. But, I mean, I think that's just like a meh trade for both teams. I don't think anybody won. I don't. I mean, I mean, yeah, I don't think – it's hard to say that somebody won because neither team has really gone ahead and done anything. Yeah. I mean, Sean Matias only had two seasons with Vancouver. Uh, he posted seven points in his first season in only 18 games. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, that season was split because the trade happened at the deadline. Yeah. Um, so seven points in 18 games, not bad. But the next season he has 27 – in 78, um, not, you know, a world-beating season by any stretch of the imagination. In the playoffs, he has two points in six games with 10 penalty mm-hmm. minutes. Um, then Jakob Markstrom, he uh, he is still, obviously, with the Canucks. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he, he still has a career goal average of 2.81, which isn't terrible. I mean, it's not great, but it's not... Eh. I mean, he's been their starting yeah. goalie the last two seasons. Um, not like Vancouver's done anything of note the last two seasons since the seasons have retired. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's when I kind of go a little bit back and forth on. Hmm. Yeah, I, I can see that. Um, Are there any trades that jump to mind for you or any moves that you think are worth kind of you, – you could evaluate now and you couldn't previously? Made by Edmonton is bad. What? Anything oh. done by Edmonton is shit. So that's... Did, did you hear the news about the Taylor Hall deal with uh, Buffalo? No. Um, so I mean, you, you heard – okay, so I'm going to rewind. Obviously, Taylor Hall was traded one for one. New Jersey Devils, Adam Larson on that day when PK also got traded. Also, when Stamco signed the craziest hour in hockey in a long time that I can, I can still remember at least. 
Um, yeah. I remember I was at work when all of that broke and I, I was losing my mind. Um, so do you, did you know that Ottawa had offered or that Vancouver had offered Taylor Hall to Ottawa one for one for Cody CC? Edmonton. So Taylor Hall for Cody CC. Yes. That's bad. That would have been worse. Yes. I, Ottawa, I, I, Ottawa it, said no. Ottawa said no to that trade. I don't know which is worse, that someone said no to that or that someone offered that. Oh, it gets worse. It gets worse because news broke this week that Buffalo also had an offer on the table from Edmonton for Taylor Hall. Mm-hmm. It was another one for one. Taylor Hall for Ristolainen and Buffalo said no. That's not as bad as the Cody CC, but it's kind of, it's pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's worse. I mean, Ristolainen's like one of the worst defensive forwards in the NHL. I mean, he's he's abysmal in his own zone. Um, man, I like. Why? Why do you think? Like, I look back and I'm like, why do you think Taylor Hall got such a low, where it was valued so low? Because I can't put my finger on why. The only thing I can come up with is like maybe just Canadian media scapegoated him to Kingdom Come. I think it's GM both. Bought it. I think I it's know. that Canadian media scapegoated him. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a lot of different combinations, uh, but I think it's probably... We lose him. Yeah. Come on, Jack. There you are. So you think it's partially the media, and then what else? Um, I, th- I would say the media is the e- easiest option. It's hard to say with shit like that, because you don't really know what's going on behind closed doors, and a lot of times, you never really do. So... Um, I would say the media, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I kind of agree. I mean, also just like the old man hockey culture that like surrounds everything, I feel almost to a point like, mm-hmm. especially like around Edmonton, right? Edmonton's been known forever as the boys club. Yeah. So I feel like that has to play into it somewhat. Hmm. I don't know. So let's, uh, let's shift gears a little bit. We talked a little bit. Um, we'll, we'll shift gears to college hockey, which we haven't touched on in a long time, obviously because the Stanley cup finals, um, lasting until June and whatnot. Um, the W, a lot of teams in the WCHA mm-hmm. announced that they will be leaving the WCHA. in I believe it's two seasons. Yeah. Um, it's, it's basically all of the WCHA teams except for LA and Huntsville. And then both of the Alaska schools, um, Alaska Fairbanks and Alaska Anchorage. Mm-hmm. So, and, and actually, as of this season, there were, there, this is actually some also breaking news. Um, there's been budget cuts to the Alaska, uh, the Alaskan education, and there's talk that they may actually have to suspend the seasons this year of both of the Alaska hockey teams because they won't have the money to pay for them. Yeah, that wouldn't be surprising. I mean, they've always kind of been the outsiders. And I think the looking issue, in, and in terms of from a budget perspective, I mean, you think they gotta you gotta fly them out for every single like away contest, you know? Yeah, and it also is pretty costly for you know a team like Bowling Green in Ohio to fly out to Alaska. I mean, it's costly for anybody. Mm-hmm. But um, and you know the other thing is that they haven't. It'd be different if they were highly competitive. Yeah. Right. They're not the most competitive squads. I mean, obviously they're still D ones. So there's, you know, still a pretty high. It's it's competitive, but I mean they've gone. You know, I think probably have about twelve wins total between the two of them. 
uh, last year and, you know, maybe even less the year before that, if my memory serves me right. But and, and you think I mean, Alabama Huntsville has been bad since I was in fucking middle school. So, yeah. So that's a, I mean, I think it's odd that Alabama Huntsville didn't join the other teams. At least they're on the continental U.S., right? Like they're not like mm. – uh, they're, sure, they're farther away from most of the other teams in that conference. Uh-huh. But it's not like a crazy distance, right? Yeah. Um, I think also with the, last, the Alaska teams, you have to look and be like, well, who have you developed from your program I mean, recently? I mean, the Colton Periaco. Pareko, yeah. I always say that wrong. Um, played for uh, Alaska Fairbanks. But other than that, like, I can't think of, like, anyone they've really produced ever. Yeah, but I head. mean, I don't know if that's really the reason to, like, cut a D1 program. No, but it shows kind of, what, what I'm saying is it shows that they aren't making strides and not okay. working as a program, not necessarily taking their program in a direction that's positive Fair. for their own reputation and because of that, the reputation of the conference. Fair. Um, and now, I'm, I question if them leaving, like the, these teams that have decided to leave the WCHA, uh, choosing to leave the WCHA, if that's also a moisturizing move to for maybe future conference realignments in two years down the future, too, with maybe teams leaving or joining different conferences. Now, the only team I could see doing that is Notre Dame. There, there's one other team I could see doing that, and that's Miami. Yeah, I was about to say them, too. Uh, but other than that, not really. Yeah, just because, like, let's be real, Miami's never going to, like, with how, look, obviously they got Bergeron from Bowling Green as to be their head coach, um, but they're still, I feel like, so far behind the eight ball within that conference. Like, you're going to be better than St. Cloud State, Minnesota Duluth, North Dakota, and Denver on the regular. Like, I mean, those are already four, like, top-tier programs. Yeah, but it's the same thing as football, right? Kids want to play against the best competition, right? And, I mean, look at what look at the turnaround UMass has had. I don't think – I mean, That's three funny. years ago, you would probably say the same thing about UMass with BU, BC, UNH, Northeastern, right, Maine. But I, feel like, but I feel like also with the with hockey East, there's I mean, in terms of TV money, there's such a, there's so much more TV revenue uh, for those schools than uh, the NCHC. I could mm-hmm. be wrong. I, I could be wrong about that. But I, I, I yeah, I think I think at this point, pretty much every conference. I mean, the NCHC has a deal with CBS College Sports, right? Hockey East does not have an, uh, to my knowledge, does not have a national. ESPN uh, Plus like basically only shows hockey East games. They do East. ECAC and Hockey East. Uh, like, I've never seen a Hockey East game on there. Oh, my dad has. I mean, yeah. Oh. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and at this point, pretty much every conference has its own streaming system, right? So if people want to watch the games, there is a way to do it behind a paywall, right? Yeah, but some of those paywalls can be pretty aggressive. Like, I know the WCHA's paywall, is it's you have to get, like, one – it's only provided through like one provider and it costs like 240 a year and you have to get like the whole provider's package. Yeah. So like there's still a long ways to go in that. That's fair. Um, maybe, I mean, maybe it's better with the, with the NCHC. Um, but I, in general, like I think about the money and the fandom and I feel like, I mean, the big East is 
or, or sorry, Hockey East is just such a bigger draw. I would um, make the argument that the Big Ten is bigger now. Well, I mean, it's uh, the Big Ten works really well because they have their own network, right? Yeah, I mean, they, they've established it's something. That's and been Notre Dame, Notre Dame uh, has a deal with NBC Sports. Yep, and I mean Notre so. Dame in general is just such a cash cow, and anything they're a part of, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, as as one of them, as a Catholic from the Midwest, growing up, any time Notre Dame was on the TV and anything, we stopped changing channels. Yeah, that's just kind of how it works um, in Midwestern Catholic households. So, um, now something that I, I've been pondering, and I texted you about this the other day. I, I hope everything works out for the Alaska schools. I hope they still have these seasons, and that the budget cuts to education in Alaska still lets them they're able to have teams. Um. A couple years down the road, like two years down the road, do you? I I think the most likely scenario for them, and I, I'm going to assume you'll agree with me, is that they're independents, right? Yeah. I mean, nobody's going to want to be in a conference with them. Uh, I don't think so. No, I mean, unless there's a Pac-12, which is what I want to get to, right? Because we've seen, I, I mean, the crazy growth of hockey in Arizona, right? With Arizona State getting a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and a large part, which has been, you know, oh, here's the thing with expansion teams, and this ties the NCAA to the NHL, because obviously the Arizona Coyotes have been a large influence on youth hockey in Arizona. And while they may be like a laughing stock of the league um, in terms of ownership and stadium issues and whatnot, they've had a very tangible effect on hockey in the Arizona area. I mean, Arizona State has been one of the top ACHA Division One college programs for like ever it feels right mm-hmm. they, they they've been dominant for the, the longest times that i can think of um and i i think actually acha is also a, a good metric in terms of how well um colleges or how, how well hockey is doing in an area because it's it's you know, like obviously when you get to division one acha teams I mean, you have people recruiting and going out and trying to get really good players, but at its core, right, it's still people who want to play hockey and they're not going to be get a scholarship to do it. They just really want to play hockey. Mm-hmm. So Arizona, so I think the Arizona Coyotes have, have just hung around long enough in Arizona to get to the point where the kids who's, who started watching them are now hitting college age, right? Like Austin Matthews. And yeah, see, I think he kind of skews everything. You think he skews everything? Okay, how so? Because I think everybody hears Arizona and they automatically think Austin Matthews. Right. I mean, Arizona doesn't even crack the top ten for D one players. Yeah. So, do you think Arizona's done a better job than, say, California? Do I think Arizona's done a better job than California? Um, and this is guy. Yeah, this is kind of what I was getting to. Um. I think in terms of growing the game of hockey within communities, I would say yes. Yeah, I, I could not disagree more with that. Okay. Current, as of this past season, 2018, according to College Hockey Inc., uh, California has 47 uh, Division One players, which is the seventh most out of the continental out of the United States. It account it is high it has more players than Quebec, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Nova Scotia, mm-hmm. and New Brunswick, Newfoundland. Right? More players than any European country. 
And then if you go to the pros, it's all it's still um, NHL birth totals by state. California is eighth currently. Arizona's fourteenth. Well, not to mention if you look if I and I'll pull it up if we looked at attendance levels and you can make the argument sure that it's because the Coyotes play out in Glendale and it's hard to get to and the Staples Center is downtown and all this and same with Anaheim and San Jose and all that stuff. But I I, I, I just I fundamentally disagree. I think the numbers are there to show that California has done uh, more to grow the game. Not to mention, look at the youth tournaments. Teams like the LA, Junior LA Kings, always there. Anaheim Junior Ducks, always there. The AAA teams in California are the are really really good, really good. Mm-hmm. No, I I I I agree. I mean, I know the AAA Ducks. I mean, I they're very well renowned. Which is why I kind of feel like Austin Matthews skews it because he's such a high end talent. He's an outlier, right? Oh yeah, for sure. California has. I mean, I would say that if you took a sample of a hundred hockey players from each state at age. 15 California would have a higher likelihood of one of those kids going pro than Arizona okay well not to mention getting to Arizona State only two of those kids are actually from Arizona well I mean so while they may be driving you know it's not like a BC or a BU where half the roster is from the New England area well I, I think you have to put it a little bit more in perspective right I mean California in terms of population is more than five times the size of Arizona right so I True. think in terms of talking about population um in terms of like the number of players, I feel like you'd have to take it from a per capita perspective. And I, I haven't, I, you know, I don't have a calculator on hand with me or, or all the numbers up right now. Um, but that is a significant difference. Now, Arizona is not a small state by any stretch of the imagination, right? Arizona is the 14th largest state in the country, but obviously California is number one by 11 million people over Texas, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Arizona has 7 million people. California has 30. So if we're going to round, California has 40 million people. They have 39.55 million people. Mm-hmm. So I feel like those numbers are a little skewed. I think it's also true, really but good. I think, I mean, you know, I, I, it's a good point, but then I, I still think that the initial, you know, the AAA teams and stuff are a very good judge. And I haven't heard anything about a AAA team out of Arizona. That was not associated. Let me, let me rephrase that. I haven't heard about a AAA team out of Arizona that was not in some way associated with Austin Matthews. Uh, was Austin Matthews part of the uh, Arizona Bobcats, or who did he play for? That sounds familiar, yeah. Okay. Because I, I know they're, uh, I mean, and they're, they're a T1 program, and they, uh, they've been in the um, Quebec tournament. Um, there's the Junior Coyotes. I don't know if, he, if that's what he was part of, too. Um, but, I mean, there there are programs on there. There's the Junior Coyotes, and there's the Elite Triple H. Um, now my thing is we don't see California. We also don't see Cal. Maybe like they can produce players and that's great, right? Maybe you can get players from California. Obviously you've got a huge population. You should be able to, um, but why aren't there any teams? And moreover at the ACHA level, there aren't any, like, like nobody is good from California. There is I mean, nobody I don't good. know. I don't know about that. I mean, Cal has a pretty good program. UCLA, Stanford, um, 
North, I mean, Northern California teams, with the exception of UCLA, USC. Not really. I mean, I, I've got the ACHA uh, team records pulled up for the season, D1. Nobody from California. The, the furthest West team, which, I mean, goes to a testament of perhaps why the Golden Knights are all places, University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Yeah, I think, though, I think, you know, that ACHA stuff also has a lot to do with funding. That's also very, and we know that firsthand, right? Having right? played in the so ACHA. I don't. You know, I mean, I do know that there are teams out in California, right? So, I mean, there is a PAC, I think it's called like the PAC 8 Hockey Conference. Mm-hmm. So, they're there. Whether or not they're D1, I don't really know. I get where you're saying that it matters, but I don't know if it And then, I mean, the reason changes I, the situation dramatically. And then, obviously, the reason why we have to, oh, I have to look at the ACHA is because there isn't a single Division One college in California. That has hockey. There used to be, but there there isn't now. Yeah. Um. I think it'll probably take a team. I think Arizona State kind of nudged everything in that direction. Um. But yeah, I think it'll take time. Uh. Look, hockey is arguably one of the most expensive sports for a university to run. Absolutely. At the Division One level. Absolutely. A lot of these schools don't have a hockey rink that they own, which a lot of times places want. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we probably see more expansion within the Big Ten before we see expansion out further expansion out west. Um, if I were to take bets on what teams it would be, I would probably say the Washington schools and Oregon. Because then you have a natural rivalry. You're close to the Alaska Anchorage schools. Um, and you're kind of similar to the Minnesota Division Three schools where you play within your area, mm-hmm. right? And every now and then venture out east, right? Yeah. Or even, you know, even the Colorado schools. Colorado State has a very strong program, as does the University of Colorado you already have natural rivalries with Air Force, Denver, and Colorado College there. How many teams are in the Big Ten? Are in the Big Ten? Right, you've only got yeah, you've got seven. Six? S- seven? Seven, yeah. So, boom. You throw Arizona State in that mix? That's a conference. Maybe a team like Oklahoma as well? Mm-hmm. That's a conference. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. But I just, I think from a logistics standpoint i think a team like northwestern probably comes along or a team like like yeah here's what i would like to see um so it, it i think for me for me far and away the easiest choice i i think this is a no-brainer as to out of out west so we're gonna say west of west of colorado the first team okay. that should that I would like to see get a NCAA Division One men's hockey program, Stanford. Easy. Why? Because it's super white. They have the money, right? And you you talked about having a rink is a huge thing. Stanford has plenty of money to throw around, right? Like, and the second off, it's extremely prestigious. And let's I mean obviously a lot of kids from Boston, um, and the New England area. They want to go to hockey schools, not just or, or, you know ECAC schools, not just because I mean obviously they're great hockey programs, 
But, like, obviously there's something about attending a Harvard, a Yale, a Princeton, a Brown, right? Mm-hmm. Stanford is able to give them that. And so I think they would – obviously it's hard to recruit in New England out if you're outside of New England. But I think if there's any school to have a better chance at it than others, it would be Stanford. Okay. I can see that. Um, I agree with you about Oregon. Yeah. They would have the ugliest jerseys. I'm sure they would have the most hideous things to ever grace the ice with their Nike sponsorships and whatnot. Can you imagine them like having like a zillion different jerseys for games? They would be like li- key lime pie like every other night. It would be that. awful. No, it would be a hideous. It would, would be like – Well, not the key lime pie thing but like just a lot of jerseys. It would be like – do you remember those ugly like – I think it was the Columbus All-Star Game jerseys that were like black and then like had some weird like silver things on the sleeves like neon highlighter green. Mm-hmm. It would be like those all of the time. In, like, a zillion different ways. It would be hideous. I would fuck with it, though. But, same kind of thing. They've got Nike money. I think they could build an arena. Probably, yeah. Um, And also, the other thing, too, is if there's already arenas in the towns or, you know, within a relatively close vicinity, it's upgrading them. You know, making them D1 compatible, whatever you want to call it. Right. Right. And we already know, I mean, how how far away from... What city is uh, University of uh, Oregon exactly located? Not Oregon. Eugene. Eugene. Eugene, Oregon. How far is that from Portland? And I mean, honestly, with Seattle, with the Seattle team coming, I think that would open the door for the University of Washington. I agree. I agree. Okay, so Eugene is... Okay, uh, never mind. That's two hours, four minutes from Portland. I've never been further west than Bemidji, so I, I you know... Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know my California geography. I was going to say, I mean, obviously, there is a hockey market in Oregon because you have the Portland Winterhawks playing in the WHL. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm sure there – I don't know what hockey rinks there are in Eugene, um, but I'm I'm, su- I'm sure there's something around it. It could do like an Arizona State situation, right? Yeah. Play in a rink for like two, three seasons while you build your own. Or what is it that uh, – what Notre Dame did, right? They took their giant field house. They put like a giant – well, they were building their like super nice rink that they have right now. Uh, they put like a giant curtain down in half. And they yeah, built but then you rink. piss off the basketball donors and stuff. That's super true. And I, it, Oregon does have quite a – And Notre uh, Dame already had an established program at that point, right? It was a little easier pill to swallow. That's a very fair point. That's a very fair point. Um, so that w- so then I would have Arizona State in there with the Alaska schools. So right now I've my Pac-12. I got Arizona State, Stanford, Oregon, Fairbanks, and uh, Anchorage. So I, I feel like I mean, need one more school to make that a conference. Um, mm-hmm. I-, I don't think it would happen, but I'd like to see either USC or UCLA get a team. Uh, I would. I could see USC before UCLA. They're, I mean, they're private. Yeah, and the, the, here's the thing, right? You've got two NHL teams in LA. How do you? How how how? Yeah, they, there should be a Division One college oh, program there. Yeah, yeah. well, no. I, Anaheim's yeah, yeah. Um, and, and obviously Stanford works because the Sharks are so nearby, right? Yeah. Um, so th- those are kind of the schools that I would look at and be like, you guys should, you guys have the potential to make a conference. And if I want to see hockey grow. Mm-hmm. out west that, that's kind of what i would look towards so who, who, what would your conference be theoretically 
for the Pac-12. You don't have to include the Alaska schools if you don't want to either. You've got the Washington schools, so you had Wash State. And... Yeah, Washington State, who doesn't really have a program, but I think could. Mm-hmm. Um, UW, University of Washington, Oregon, um, the Alaska schools, um, Arizona State, Arizona, SC. Okay. Yeah, and that's it. And that's it. Now, I think that's a good list. I think it's a good list too. I mean, I I don't. I'd like to see the. Uh, I I think the Washington teams are like they're just outside of my pick, just because I don't know what their financial situation is like. I don't but, either, but, uh, but I think with the NHL coming to Seattle, I agree with that. I agree with that. I I think they would be a good like first target for expansion. Perhaps. Yeah. Now. Obviously, this we haven't addressed Alabama Huntsville yet. I think they 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 fold. I, I don't think they're around in five years. Really? Yeah, I just I don't think they are. I don't know what their attendance was like. Unless like Alabama goes D one, like unless there's like a surge in SEC schools. SEC club hockey is actually I've covered it the last uh, two years around the four check. Um, they there there are some very good teams. Georgia's kind of a powerhouse, actually. Um, they mm-hmm. have a lot of uh, really good AAA players uh, that come play for them. Um, Auburn has been good in past years, so they're kind of up and down. Kentucky's actually got a very intriguing uh, club hockey program. When my, when my dad was at UK, and it, it's still, uh, I think it's still this way. Um, well, the tradition, at least, not necessarily the policy. When my dad was at UK. Uh, visiting hours in co-ed dorms ended at midnight. And so what the club hockey team at UK did is they had all of their games at midnight. I've heard that before, yeah. And I think they still play a lot of those games at midnight, keeping kind of the tra- that tradition alive. Um, yep. Which, of course, boggles my mind uh, Boggles my mind that that actually works and they get kids to play because I know <laughs> – when we, I don't know um, – when we were at Worcester, I mean, as soon as the game ended, it was, the people were like, oh, can we get this game over with so we can go out and drink or whatever? Um, yeah. Obviously, they're more dedicated than you know, some members on our teams, but, you know. Um, you, I mean, you weren't there for the disaster that was my freshman year of club hockey uh, at Worcester, where we had people throwing water bottles into the penalty bench full of beer in the third period so that people could <laughs> go get drunk. Yeah, I was not there. They were all cigs, of course, and oats, so, I mean... That happens. Um, so if we're going to create an SEC of co- of college Division One hockey, we're going to create an SEC for Alabama Huntsville to be part of. Who would you target? Georgia, Florida, Alabama. Florida has sharp jerseys. And Auburn. Auburn. I think it's interesting how <laughs> how good of a program Georgia is. In terms of division, in terms of college hockey, uh, considering how, I mean, the Arizona or how uh, Atlanta has failed to hold a team, but I, I also feel like that's just maybe due to the nature, um, and just there are less people interested in hockey in Atlanta than other places. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think that Vanderbilt would be a good team to target. You've got the program. Yeah, that, I forgot about Vanderbilt. Them too. Now Vanderbilt has had a. Horrific club hockey team, but the Junior Predators are a very good AAA program. Um, I've refereed them playing against the Chicago Fury and Mission before um, at like their U18 level. And they're pretty good, some pretty good players. Um, now, 
Uh, Vanderbilt also is a... They, they could work with the Predators. Um, there's some very nice ice arenas, although... In Nashville, although there's not really a whole lot of space by Nashville or but you're by Vanderbilt unless they wanted to upgrade the Centennial Ice Arena, which honestly mm-hmm. looks like a relic from the 70s. I went there when I went down to Nashville to see the Predators play the Blue Jackets. Uh, that's the rink where I learned how to skate. And I went okay. back and they had the same like icy prop like snowboard guy cup thing above the snack bar that they had back when I was back in like 93. 94. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty common, I think, right? It's pretty common. The, the place smelled like, the place smelled like when you walk into, like, a public rec center swimming pool, mm-hmm. and the place hasn't changed in 50 years. <laughs> like, like it yeah. smells like you, like, it's got those floors that, like, it's just like, man, I don't, it smells kind of like chloride, but, like, not in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, really disgusting place, but it's right next to the campus. Um, I think they could yeah. if they could upgrade that. That would work very well. Um, I think, and, and now, this is outside of perhaps traditional SEC. How about Duke? No, no. Why not? Because they have too much going. Like lacrosse is their big sport, right? Uh, lacrosse and basketball. <laughs> I mean, fa- well, I mean, lacrosse, basketball is the obvious one, right? But yeah. hockey and lacrosse tend to compete most at the collegiate level. Do you think so? I mean, a lot of times, times. I mean, a lot of times, hockey players play lacrosse and vice versa. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't see that happening. Just be, from a sheer money standpoint, because you would have to take the money out of somewhere. But I feel like there's a lot. Lacrosse costs a lot less money than hockey as is. Yeah, I guess. Actually, you want to talk about? I mean, this just hit me thinking about lacrosse and whatnot. Um, we've talked a lot about in the Big Ten, um, getting a hockey team for Northwestern, right? With mm-hmm. the University of Illinois expanding. Um, also, kind of thinking outside that traditional box, um, a team I would love to see see that's not in the traditional Big Ten, but like could join it would be Marquette. Okay, yeah, I could see that. Right, and they have a lacrosse team, yeah. And they've got a high school, uh, Marquette High School, and with and it's the most prestigious hockey program in the state of Wisconsin at the high school mm-hmm. level. So they've got all these kids that they develop and they, they go off and they play, you know, juniors then college. Mm-hmm. Like you're grooming, you're basically grooming the best of Wisconsin already. Yeah, so why not I, get a D? I get program? that. That'd be an interesting yeah. kind of look as well. Um, would you have any other general thoughts to, uh, college hockey expansion or anything or interesting? Not really. No, not at the moment. No, not at the moment. No. Okay. Now let's talk offer sheets. Okay. You thought there was no way there were going to be any offer sheets. And obviously we talked last week about the Sebastian Ajo offer sheet, which was officially Mm -hmm. accepted by Carolina over this last weekend. Yeah. Um, and I sent you something. It was like some bear on Instagram. It was some Bergevin quote that like he felt like Sebastian Ajo wanted to be in Carolina the whole time, and that Bergevin just got used. Um, and that I mean, I don't know how he can think that. It's not. I mean, unless I don't know. Just I mean that that Ajo just used him as leverage to go where he really wanted. I guess. Yeah. 
And then he also said that maybe it's time people stop looking at the old or something along the extent of maybe it's time people stop looking at like thinking of the Canadians as this old storied program that players just want to go to and face the new reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, isn't the new reality kind of his fault? <laughs> like, like I, I, I guess. Like the Subban trade was pretty bad. Obviously, he did some good work this last season getting uh, Domi and Tatar up there, who had pretty good seasons. Mm-hmm. He's got some good young players, but you know, let's be honest. I mean, he is largely responsible. I feel for just instituting or putting Montreal in the current state of affairs that they're in. And news also broke that he offer sheeted uh, Braden Point, and Braden Point was like, "Hell no, I don't want to sign with you." No, they were going to. They never filed correctly. I mean, they the could still. Sheet, the offer sheet never went through. Yeah, because Braden Point was like, "I don't want to sign." With yeah, you. yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, he, he Braden Point was like, "No, I don't want to sign any contract. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go to Montreal." So, do you think? I mean, do you think Perchman's onto something? That Montreal is no place that people want to play anymore. That it's not prestigious because it's for me, it's still an original six franchise. Yeah, but it's a disaster of one. It's mismanaged. They always say they're gonna, you know, be highly competitive, and they're not. I mean, Perchman did this to himself. I think it's time they stop, you know, playing like pretending that everything is okay in Quebec. It's not. Your team's trash. Just. Well, they came pretty Start close to the playoffs, right? Yeah, they but I mean, then they, they don't do anything then, right? And you have Carey Price to that huge contract. That's, I think, the worst part of it. I would just never pay a goaltender that kind of money. We talked about this last week when we talked Bobrovsky. I, I would just never spend that much money on a goaltender. I just don't think it's how you build a team. Maybe. I don't know. It depends on who it is, if we're being honest. I think, I mean, just in general, that's so much cap space. And we, meanwhile, yeah. you've got to manage four off, four forward lines, three pairs of defensemen. Is is paying a goalie that much money really worth it? Not sure. Yeah. Now, one goal of the NHL the last couple of seasons has been trying to find ways to increase goal scoring. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this last year they reduced the size of goalie pads. Surprised nobody. Goal scoring went up. Do you think that was a result of them? changing the pads or do you think it's like a style of play thing players getting younger and faster i think it's probably more people getting younger and faster um yeah i mean i think that it's a lot of factors i don't think it's just the pads though do you think that the reducing the pads was the right way to attack it looking back now i mean because we saw a lot of goalies say how beat up they've been this season and i i with when I see goalies like having to go through, get, getting beat up just because of smaller pads, and I, I feel like that affects teams in a really different way, um, and, and just makes goalie fatigue so much worse. And I think there's a question to be asked. No, no, I think if you're a conclusion of that, is well, that's not good. We don't want goalies to be to be fatigued. This is not the way you increase it. Well, you're under operating on the assumption that goalie fatigue is bad. Do you think that that's bad? Goalie fatigue? Goalies being more tired than usual because I'll, I'll say the flip side of the coin. Build your team well and have a good backup that you can play for 20-plus games. That's my point. shut the fuck up. That's my point. It increases the importance of having a backup goalie, right? You can't just ride one guy for 72 games like the Oilers did Cam Talbot a few years ago. 
Yeah. Which obviously you could, they couldn't do that anyways because the next next ever since then he was awful. Awful. Mm-hmm. Where even is he now? Because they they I don't even know. Um, but I like to see. Yeah, I, it doesn't bother me necessarily that goalies are more fatigued. Um, because I think there should be more time spent between goalies because it's hockey's a team sport. Well, I don't know. Yeah, it's a team sport, but sorry, if I don't trust my backup, right? I'm either going to find a guy I can trust, and what, until I do that, I'm playing my starter more mm-hmm. until my starter says, I need a break. Mm-hmm. So I get that it's a team sport, but it's also professional right now. It's at the pro level, and you got to do what you got to do to win. If it was a might team, yeah, sure, you can say it's a team sport, but mm-hmm. at the NHL level, uh, no. <laughs> Well, I mean, in terms of like, right, it's a team sport in that you have all these lines and you're rolling all these lines and everybody plays except for the backup goalie, right? Pretty, unless you've got like Cody McCarr on your roster and you start him for whatever reason because you're the Predators and you're a bunch of idiots. Everybody else plays, right? Mm -hmm. So in that way, I mean, I think hockey is the most pure team sport of any of the four major sports in North America. You can throw MLS in there as top five, right? Because everybody yeah. on a starry night roster plays other than the backup goalie. No, no other sport is like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I think hockey is the ultimate team sport. Now, I, I don't think that's the right way. I, I think I would like to see backup goalies play more, but I don't think that's the right way to go around because I think in general, um, I don't want to put players in situations where they get injured more. That, to me, just feels inherently scummy. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I still think, though, get a good backup and your goalie won't have fatigue. Oh, yeah, I end agree. Of, end, end of story, you know. I, I don't agree. think it has to do anything with making sure everybody plays or this whole concept of that sports needs to be fair or whatever. Oh, but, I agree. You know. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you 100% on that. Um so if you were to if you had to institute a policy to change scoring or to to increase scoring in lieu of them reducing the size of goaltenders pads cuz I think it was a bad move in hindsight how how do you feel about it in hindsight you feel you agree that it was a bad move or do you do you, do you like the move No I think you know you want to up scoring up scoring uh to up score I think it was a fine move I think um you know I think it's going to change the position of goalie a little down the line, which I think I have no issue with. I think it's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, I get why people would be pissed off about it, but at the same time, um, you know, have a well... I, it keeps coming back to have a well-built team. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. scoring is not off the charts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if, you know, you shrunk the pads and it was, you know, every game had six goals mm-hmm. i think that'd be different six seven goals somewhere in there sure five plus yeah that'd be different but that's not what we're seeing right so no. i think i think it's fine and i uh i think with the rule of having shorter pads kind of to my point earlier i think i, I think that's part of the reason why it's so bad to give so much money to a goaltender like a carry price or a Sergei Bobrovsky right now right mm-hmm. because you're at a higher chance of getting injured and fatigued from getting beat up from all these pucks now so what, why would I want to spend all of that money on a guy when I could maybe go like a 1A, 1B situation? Because he can do what Tukarask did in the playoffs this year for the Bruins. And that's the flip side. But he could also do what Andre Vasilevsky did in the last, well, every postseason he's been in. 
right? Well, Vaz yeah, Lindsay wasn't really the reason that the Lightning lost this. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. It's, but, you know, if you're going to make that argument, then you can't make the argument that hockey is a total team sport. How so? Because Vasilevsky wasn't the reason they got swept by Columbus. Sure, but you, you still the reason that they lost in other seasons. Maybe, but I mean, at the end of the day, right, blown coverages lead to goals yep. more often than shitty goaltending. Yep, no, that's right. So, so do you, so you you you. Let's go back to other options that were that were on the table, right? Another option that was on the table to increase scoring was increasing the size of the net. See that I think that does almost that makes it worse. Unless I think that's a worse plan. You think that's a worse plan? Yeah. Okay. Because then you can still like either way you're going to have goalies are going to make the argument, well, this is bad for us, right? A larger net means they have more space to cover, which means they get hurt more because they're stretched. They're you know extending their bodies further. Well, that's the same argument for smaller pads, right? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that they're. It's the same argument against both i think i i agree i think that's also not a great solution i think it's also i will give you my solution okay which is a little nuclear but my dad suggested it to me back when i was a kid and uh-huh. he's brought it up occasionally ever since and, and i've given a lot more thought this last season my old man is of the opinion that you shouldn't be able to ice the puck on a power play why well, why should you be able to? Let's start there. Why, why do we have this rule that you can ice the puck on a power play? Why do we have this rule? I, I'm sorry I'm saying why do we have this rule. I, this is just like the bar study student me coming out. Like, look, obviously, you're down a man. They're like, yeah, you can ice the puck, whatever. Yeah. But is there really, really any rhyme or reason for it? Like, isn't that like, obviously, you're still at a disadvantage if if you're down a man, regardless of not, you can ice the puck. Mm-hmm. But if you take away the ability for a defending team to ice the puck on the power play, that's going to increase scoring, right? Not necessarily. I think it would. I, it absolutely would, right? You have to try and take the puck Why? out. Because You're tired. Players are exhausted. You got to try and get the puck out of, out of your own zone. It's going to reward better penalty killers. And uh, it, power plays are going to get more People looks. would just get better at chipping the puck out. Because you remember, if it, doesn't cross, if it doesn't cross the goal line, right – you just float a chipper into a corner. You have it hit maybe right at the blue line. Chances are that's not crossing the line. But I mean, you you think of how many times like a, a defenseman's able to like just somehow able to get the puck and they just slap it like straight down the ice. I mean, that's like so much easier to do than just like like a really ideal chip. I think I think teams would get pinned in their own zone a lot. I think we'd see a huge increase in power play scoring, and I think that would I have it, that would obviously lead to more scoring as well and honestly i think that would make hockey and penalties more exciting yeah i don't i don't know it's, about that it's one of the few things i've come around to agree with my dad on because when i was a kid i was like no that's dumb and i'm like well actually you know maybe i don't i don't agree with that i think that um i don't think it'll i don't think it'll enhance scoring i think there's still ways around that right uh especially in today's game um I mean, if you want to make the argument that it has potential to, fine, but I don't think it would. I, I disagree with that. I mean, at 5v5, we still team, see teams getting pinned in their own zone, right? Even though they can chip the puck then, it would be icing, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. why not the same for right, but that's also the flow of That's the flow of the game. 
Right. Right. So, That's so, going to happen. Right. So imagine the flow of the game with, in that, with a five on four where you can't ice. The, yeah, I think it would. I think you'd have a lot more scoring. And I, but I think it would be scoring in a positive mm. way that doesn't necessarily alter, you know, obviously it doesn't harm goalies or in their health in any ways. Maybe. I like, I, I think nope. it'd be interesting. I'd like to see, uh, some test of that. I think that would be really fun. Uh, we're almost done, uh, in terms of our time. Anything else you want to touch on? No, I'm you, exhausted. We disagreed on a lot of things today, so you have to feel pat yourself on the back for that. That's make you feel good. Yeah, dude. That's what happens when I'm going on like four hours of sleep and a 12 hour work day, but. Nice. Same here. <laughs> well, yeah. 12 hour bar sitting day, but same with the four hours of sleep. So. So. All right. We'll see. Well, hey, folks. yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, let us know what you think about some of these discussion questions. If you enjoyed this, I mean, we can come up with more questions as we get through the summer. Um, I'm also thinking of starting a mailbag series, uh, doing an article. Just if you send us questions to our Twitter or shoot, shoot at any of us, um, and I'll publish an article at our website, www.tvpodcasting.com of answers questions. And Jack, if you want to, I mean, we can like trade that back and forth with questions. We could do like, I answer a question, you answer a question, trade it back and forth. Yeah. We can talk we'll more talk. about that. We'll talk yeah. about that. Um, oh. but I have, once I finish the bar exam, I want to, I will be creating more written content as well. So, um, until, uh, so if you enjoyed this show and you want to see more of that written content, once we start pumping that out. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Two for Podcasting. Uh, also, once again, our website, www.twoforpodcasting.com. Uh, and if you like the show and you feel inclined to donate a buck or two, uh, check out our Patreon account, uh, which is linked at our website. And uh, yeah, so until next time, uh, keep your sticks on the ice or golf clubs on the greens if uh, that's where you're at right now. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. See ya.